I just like to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Down to Business podcast. And man, this one is like this one is going to be a little bit special just because. Okay, so I've brought people on, I've brought different businesses on who you know they have podcasts, they do podcasts, they may even be interested in moving into that podcast space. But my guy Dio, my guy who I'm sitting down with, it, he's a podcaster. He literally is the host of the Seesaw podcast, started his podcast. We definitely follow each other. I've been tapped in. He was probably one of the most informative people when he first started his podcast. He was giving me knowledge. He was giving me things that I had no idea like that were going on. He was keeping us up to date. And for me, it was very impressive for two reasons. One, because I'm not savvy to his field and I'm gonna let him talk about his field and what he does and everything like that. But two, just because of everything that was going on at the time that he started his podcast. We were in the height of everything. And so it was kind of just crazy just to see, you know, all the research that was put in all the time, all the information. And then the fact that, you know, he still kept it going. He was still consistent with it. So I'm not going to spoil the craft. Though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let him really do. Y'all see he got the mic set up. Y'all see he, he really official. He really tapped in. So Dio, how you doing today, bro? Bro, that was a <laughs> yo, bro. That that introduction was heartfelt, bro. That that was dope. That was a dope introduction. I was like, wow, okay. I'm, that, whoever you're talking about sounds like a cool, cool guy, man. <laughs> sounds like a cool dude, man. You're talking about me. That's cool though. But yeah, man, I'm doing well, bro. Blessed and highly favored, man. We really looking forward to this conversation that we're about to have, man. We're just gonna get to a lot of things because the people who really know me know I can talk about a lot of things, man. Just random things, man. So yeah, man, really looking forward to this conversation. I'm and I'm also uh very grateful that you uh invited me to be like one of your first like different spins. Yeah. Um you, so you I really truly, appreciate yeah. that. You are truly yeah. the first podcaster, bro. So yeah. okay. I mean as grateful as you are to be here, bro. I'm always ten times, a hundred times more grateful for you guys are further in my vision, bro. So this was obviously like I said, I started this back in twenty nineteen. Didn't really have you know, didn't really know that it was gonna be like this two years later. We don't went through a pandemic, we done gone through all of this, and I'm actually celebrating my two year anniversary this month so very excited for that and everything oh my god that's dope we're very excited to have a fellow podcast on so yeah so for everybody tapping in obviously we're gonna have some people from your side obviously we're gonna have some people from my side but we're gonna have some newcomers we're gonna have some people far and in between so can you just tell us one a little bit about yourself and two we'll bring you on the podcast today yeah so um my name is Adadai Deniyi I'm originally from Nigeria I was born in Munshin born in Lagos moved to the United States when I was like six years old lived in like fresno california that was the first u.s city that i lived in was fresno cali so so cali's like my first u.s home that's where i get my laid-back personality from probably honestly but um <laughs> if people think it's laid back i don't know but anyways yeah man so like from there on like my dad joined the military we moved around military brat um long story short ended up in north carolina for like my high school years went to east Carolina university you know that's where i met tamar I met a lot of also a lot of cool people there too. Um, got my undergrad. Now I'm in uh, Maryland, DC, a DMV area, the M, Maryland. Yeah, man, going to uh, UMD College Park right now, getting my master's, and then also you know working in DC. So that's been uh, for a nonprofit organization. So that's been uh, that's been fun. But I mean, other than that, man, I'm just a, a really at least I like to be down to earth, you know really chill respectful type of person um what was the second question now nah, you, you knocked both out and honestly yeah. you actually kind of you did my job for me so i was so excited to have you on the podcast i didn't even give the background as to how we kind of met how we but obviously yeah. you know we went to ecu together i was definitely able to link with dio and just you know been together in multiple settings seen him in multiple settings and interact with him in multiple settings but as he said definitely just that's the vibe that i got that down to earth you know just that humility from him and just but honestly in just talking to him 
found out very early on that he was very knowledgeable, that he was just, you know, and not just on one particular subject, but a host of different subjects. And for the things that he didn't know, something I noticed was he was definitely no stranger to inquire, no stranger to asking questions, no stranger to, you know, finding out new information. So when I saw the Seesaw podcast, I was just like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We're about to tap into it. And then, you know, it was a little hiatus or whatever you want to call it. But then he, he posted one picture and it had two words. Three, if you want to consider it a, a contraction. He said, I'm back. I said, man, I said, oh, this is what we've been waiting for. I said, I don't know how many people really been tapped into it. I don't know how many people really been paying attention. But tomorrow, I've been paying attention. Tomorrow watches, tomorrow likes, tomorrow loves podcasts. So, for one, just hearing the name Seesaw Podcast, people might not really know. You know what a Seesaw is. It gives you that balance. It gives you that here and everything like that. But can you just, you know, give us a little bit of insight as to the origin, not only of the name, but, you know, what is the Seesaw Podcast? What can people expect when they're tapping in with you? Yo, okay, so the Seesaw Podcast. All right, so the idea behind it is kind of like how, so like my brothers, we used to be on the Seesaw, right? And then if you ever attempted to like balance the Seesaw, like make it like balance, it's kind of tough, but it's possible. And so like whenever I created the podcast, it was around the same time where there was a lot of just a lot of stuff was going on. And if, if the world felt imbalanced, you know, it was like 2020, I believe. Yeah, is when I created the podcast, 2019, something like that. But the world was imbalanced because Trump was president. <laughs> but like the world was imbalanced. And uh, I was like, the Seesaw podcast was kind of like that balance. And with it, man, it's really like, I don't know what the plan was with it, honestly. I was like, I'm just going to create a podcast because I like to talk and I seem very knowledgeable when I talk. So, so like, at first I was like, okay, I'll just have this podcast and I'll talk about whatever's on my mind but then i realized that like that's probably going to die old soon so i was like you know i should probably start bringing guests along so i started bringing people so basically my podcast is really like a a life story honestly actually because i plan to like have this podcast for the rest of my life and so like what it is is that like when i meet dope people i want to interview them like just let them just talk and we could chat about what because like I might not be knowledgeable in their area, but I could like, you know, do some real quick research enough to like have a conversation with them about that specific um, thing. So I've had, I've had a geologist hop on my podcast. I've had my brother who's a medical student hop on my podcast. I've had a pastor, KP, hop on my podcast. Like I've had a, uh, she's a doctor now, but at the time she was, I think, Miss Maryland Laurent. She hopped on my podcast. I've had a, a DACA recipient hop on my podcast. She was on my podcast. So this is like just trying to explain like the array of different types of people that I have on my podcast to just, I also had a teacher um, on my podcast. So that's kind of like my podcast is just, I meet dope people and if they're doing dope things, I want everyone else to hear about it and, um, and, and whatnot. I love that. And I feel like, you know, for as different as our podcast may be in nature and just in name and things like that, I feel like a lot of it stemmed from the same originality, meaning that, you know, we recognize that we were surrounded by a lot of dope individuals. We recognize right. that, you know, once you bring on those dope individuals, you can only connect to more dope individuals. So the first kind of question that that, that just makes me think of is you've had such a, a range of people. You, we talked about a geologist. We talked about a pastor. We talked about, you know, a teacher. We talked about you know, people just involved in different areas. So how does that work for you? Do you get like, as far as bringing guests on, as far as, you know, the motivation for the ideas or what you kind of want to talk about per episode, does it- Man, it's random. It's just random. It's random, right? It really is. It's just how, like, I mean, sometimes it'd be coordinated. Like if someone like, like early on in my podcast days, <laughs> if someone uh, like was to say, hey, I want to be on your podcast, I most likely would have said yes, because like, 
I mean, I was just trying to rack up some episodes in. But, like, now really it's really mad random. Like, like it's how I feel. And if I see somebody or I notice something. Like, for example, um, I had a, a, a pod, the podcast episode with the teacher, Randy. Like, it was mad random. Because I mean, it wasn't random, but it made sense. Because there was a lot of conversations about back to school. A lot of conversations about going back to school during the pandemic. And he was a perfect person because, I mean, he he had a lot of well-versed knowledge. And um, from my experience with him, he, he I felt like he could articulate the complexity of the situation. So, like, so, yeah, sometimes it'll, it'll mesh with, like, what's currently going on. And sometimes it'll just be random because I just found a dope individual. And I was like, hey, you got to be on my podcast. <laughs> and that's it. Big facts. I'm not going to lie. That's sometimes how I just hit people in the DMs. Or how yeah. I just, look, I need you. I, I follow the page for long enough. I've seen what you do. I like what you do. Come on. If you're with it, I'm with it. Now, sometimes it's left on red. Sometimes it's left on delivered. They don't even see it. Other times, just like, oh, well, dang, I've been waiting. You know, people love you. Yeah. Sometimes people love just talking. You don't really realize the story that people have to tell until you really get them to open up to expose things. So I know my podcast story. I know, you know, the journey that I've shared with people about how I really started in 2019, but how this really started as a Twitter thread, as as really far back as 2017, that kind of right. things like that. So how would you, if somebody really, you know, wanted to find out more information about how you really got into the podcasting space, would you, like you said, I mean, I know you said you love to talk. You're very, you know, you love just the knowledgeable aspect of life, just being able to not only know what you know, but being able to, you know, learn different things. So what was really right. your story? Like, how did you really get into the podcasting space? Because I feel like that when you started, whether it be last year, whether it even be the year before that, podcasting was not popular, especially amongst our age group. So how did you really, you know, get into that and then stay consistent with it? Oh, man, that's a great question. But shoot, I don't know, man. I just wanted to do it. Like, that's, that's literally the best answer I got, man. I just wanted to do it. Like, I was like, I mean, that's really how... Honestly, I wish um, that's really how you should look at everything in life. Honestly, man, sometimes stuff just be random. Like I was just like, yeah, I want to do that. Like um, I forgot who it was, but like um, I was some some friend of mine on Instagram. I'm assuming they're it's an online friend, of course, because I don't actually know them. But someone on my Instagram story got their scuba diving license, and I know for a fact that's something she was just like, I want to do that. Like, that's what I just, I just want to learn how to, like, that's what was something that she was like, I want to do. And she ended up doing it. Like, like for me to ask her what her story is, I'm sure she has like a, a reason why she was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go scuba diving. But she probably was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it, man. So that's just kind of like me, man. Like, I was like, like, I listened, I used to listen to um this one podcast. It was called like 538 or something like that. It was like a political podcast. So I used to listen to them. So that might have been like the um, inspiration and also listen to other podcasts may have been inspiration. But I was like, yeah, man, I can like this is not that difficult to do. You just need a mic and like a uh, a little host thing and, and you're straight. And I was like, you know, and I was also tired of just typing like Twitter fingers, man. Like I was like, I have so much more to say than like, I don't know how many characters is it, is it now? 240 plus characters on Twitter. I don't know. But yeah, I was just like, man, like I need to start verbalizing things, man, because typing it. Message, you can get arthritis, man, you know? <laughs> get that carpal tunnel, man. And I feel like yeah. sometimes what we put on the internet, sometimes what we type out and, and send, it can be misconstrued. People take it in their facts. People in their, take it in their understanding. People don't really know what you mean. That's why I hate when people, like, through text or anything like that, say, like, well, why are you mad? Or, or like, what's, or why did you say it like that? Or I, I hate, that's probably my least favorite text. Why did you say it like that? Because my immediate response is going to be, well, how did I say it? 
how do you know how I, you know, how do you know how I said a, a sentence? I could have typed this with the straightest face ever. I could have typed this laughing. I could have typed this, you know, angry. Right. But you, you know, assumed based off of maybe the situation, maybe the conversation, how I felt. So I feel you. The, the, like Drake said, the trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers or the Twitter fingers. <laughs> you know, all of that. So it's just like, yeah, it, it becomes to a sense where sometimes you just need to get some things off your chest and sometimes you really need to go. So something immediately that comes to me about the Seesaw podcast is just that, and I even spoke about it in the introduction, was just how informative it was. It was just how you right. could tell that this was very well thought out. This was fact-checked and fact-checked again because, you know, you got to be careful with putting things on social media because people quick to yeah. look stuff up. People quick to be like, you know, what's the sources? Where is everything from? So what was yeah. really... What is what was really the process? You know, when you were releasing these episodes, when you were how how was it for you doing the research? Was a lot of this stuff new to you, and were you kind of just consulting different people? Were you really just learning a lot of this stuff for the first time? Was some of this knowledge that you already had did it vary based off the subject? What was that like? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm a nerd. Let <laughs> me just put it that way. I am a wait. Is it a nerd or a, a geek? Is a nerd is a smart one. A geek is like someone who's just like into anime and stuff. So like. I'm a nerd, <laughs> you know, I'm a big nerd, big time nerd, man. So like, I'm a political nerd as well. I'm just a life nerd. But yeah, so like, the, the way that I'm able to like, gather information for like my podcast and stuff like that is literally just by watching random YouTube videos about random things. Like, like, um, I literally replaced the encyclopedia with YouTube. So like I just be I just be learning random stuff and and I I'm subscribed to a lot of like uh, political um, really great content politically on YouTube so I watch them I watch them obviously enough to like to just digest them but still come with my own opinions of course um, because they have their own perspective but yeah I mean not to like pat myself on the back or anything but like it's really just because it's what I it's my craft like this is what I am <laughs> so. It's not that hard for me to uh, to be able to like just get on the podcast and talk about this because that is who I am at the end of the day, you know. Feel that, and you definitely look. I'm gonna pat myself for you. So look, you, you gotta do that, bro. Like I said, a lot of the some of the some of the things that I was reading, some of the things that I was seeing, some of the things that I was finding out for the first time, it was just like, wow, this is amazing. Especially when at the height of Trump's presidency, it was just like that, like. It, it, but to me, it was just like, whereas everything was just coming. It was, you check the Explore page, it was one thing. You check somebody else's story, it was another right. thing. You being somebody close friends, they'd be saying something totally different. You go to Twitter, totally different ballgame. You go to Facebook, Facebook live a different world. So you know how that go. And then LinkedIn just trying yeah. to be as professional as possible. So, you know, the fact that you found a platform, the fact that you really found something to capitalize on is cool to me. So being that you're, you know, such heavy into the political space, as you said, being that, you know, you started this and you were kind of doing this and continuing yeah. this and being consistent with this during Trump's presidency, did that shape yeah. your approach at all to how, you know, you released episodes to the information that you gave out or anything? Or like Yeah, man, because like... During that time, man, you had to be like pinpoint because there was a lot of hashtag fake news or or this this and that. Man, it was it was it was yeah, man. It was a time where you had literally had to be pristine. And I wasn't even I'm nobody, man. <laughs> like, and I even I'm trying to make sure I'm pristine in regards to like uh, making sure that the information I'm giving out is accurate enough and like valid. Oh man, like yeah, I mean when I think about it, man. Like one of it's so funny, it's so hilarious actually because one of my f podcast episodes, um, because the election was in November, and then one of my podcast episodes, I had a because uh, I'm trying to think of the months that come from November. What is the months that come from before November? 
that October, September, August. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. So September. Okay, so so September. I was I, I think I released a podcast on September. Literally explaining and detailing what Donald Trump would try to do to try to overtake the elections. He would cuz to me it was obvious what was going. He was literally saying it. Like he was telling the whole world what he was planning to do. But like if you didn't know like the policy levers of government of, of of governance and stuff like that, you wouldn't peep that like this man is actually telling you that if he win or lose, like if he loses, he is not going to concede. Like he's already told you that. And so so my podcast episode, um like maybe two months before the insurrection and stuff like that, like I already explained what was going to happen because I saw it and um and then it happened. So I was like, wow, okay. Well that's I don't know. Sometimes um it's it's like like it's just well informed guessing because like one of the one of the I guess one of the biggest things I'm actually really, really actually proud of myself for was um was guessing the um the twenty twenty elections pretty pretty closely. Like I even guessed the uh, the Georgia runoffs correctly and stuff like that. And that's just merely coming from a place of just like gathering much much as much um information and data as possible. And then we could just talk about literally this one of the most recent elections that was on the the national news, the Virginia election. I had a um, a guess that the what's his name Terry McAuliffe or whatever the Democrat for that was running for uh, the governor would win by like zero point five percent, and I also guessed said in my guess that like I'm not very confident in this because the um the Republican he was actually running a um if people were paying attention he was actually running a very very great uh, campaign not a campaign that I would have supported of course but a campaign that I could tell like. Yo, this man is 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 moving some levers in, in in Virginia, especially in these red areas, and and so I noticed that. So like that's why, for my prediction, I was saying the Democrat might win by zero point five percent because I knew it was going to be tight. Like this was going to be a very very tight election, and I wasn't confident in my my pick. So the um Glenn Youngkin ended up winning. Um, the Republican for Virginia. He's now the governor. I think Repu- the Republicans also took the House in Virginia and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see what they can do with um, with both the governorship and the House in Virginia, because I don't know if they have the Senate or not, but um, I don't think they do. But so Glenn Youngkin, he won the Virginia governor's race because, you know, a lot of people be talking about like polarization, man. Like this country's so polarized, this polarized, that, like we can't all get to get along whatever, all these other stuff. And like, for me, it's like a simple word, like a simple word that's just like masking what's really going on, man. Like the polarization in this country is literally just racism. It's like, it, it is a country that saw four years of Trump, saw the insurrection that happened with Trump, saw all the racial stuff that came from it. We got the um, Ahmaud Berry um, situation. We got the the written house situation. We got the uh, George Floyd situation. We got Breonna Taylor situation. Like there was so much that happened in like 2020 that really was to white America was a surprise. Like oh my days, this stuff happens in our country. Oh no, I can't fathom the country that I love. The red, white, and blue is killing innocent people in its homeland. Oh my days! Ah, oh. so they they woke up and they were like, "Whoa, like something's got to happen." But there still there still is a fraction of this country that believes nothing should happen. There's a there's a huge fraction of this country who doesn't believe that like structural racism is a thing. You know, they don't believe that. They don't think that anything should be done. Let's just keep the same as it is. So that's really what the polarization is: is that like 
there were a, there's a there's a section of white America that wants to do something about his racist history, and there's a section of white America who doesn't give a damn about his racist history, right? You could tell us all you want about it, but who cares, you know? So that's where this whole conversation about critical race theory comes from. Like that's why Glenn Youngkin was able to run on that, saying, "Do you really want that thing to be taught in your schools? Do you really want to be taught America's racist history?" You know, like it was like the whole Virginia race, governor race, and all the races there were all about education, but it was masked in the, it was really honestly all about race, but it was masked in education and like parent choice in regards to like, can parents choose what the school districts teaches? But really what it's about is, is that my school district is not going to teach my white child that here at Tubman shot some slave masters to get some, to free some, uh, some black people, you know, like, I don't want my white child, my white child to learn that, you know, it's like, so at the end of the day, it's like, people don't realize that like, really what was going on is some racism. Like, it's just some, this is some racist stuff going on. And so then there was, it's not surprising to me. I remember, um, I want to make sure I get the data right. Um, because I remember seeing this tweet is that this thing is interesting. So yeah. yeah okay. So in the Virginia 2020 election, right, the one where uh, Biden and Trump went ahead against each other, right, Biden won white woman by 50%, Trump won him by 49%, right, white woman, right? This year, in 2021, the Republican, Glenn Youngkin, won white woman by 57%, and the Democrat won them by 43%. So there was like a 15-point swing to the GOP in this specific demographic group, which is white woman, right? And that, again, points to the whole aspect of education being such a big part of this um, race because when you talk about education you're really talking to women like women are the one who's going to be caring about this, especially suburban women right um and education is a is an old is a day old white dog whistle trope of of racist it's it is because it, it gets to the anyways but anyway so yeah if you dig if you dig a little deeper right you get like okay so so white women with college degrees right with college degrees, right? So in Virginia in 2020, you had like 58% of white women with degrees voted for Biden, 41% voted for um, for uh, for Trump. This year, 62% voted for um, McAuliffe, the Democrat, 38% voted for Glenn Youngkin. So you see here, white women with degrees were overwhelmingly more supportive of, of the Democrat for this year. So the thing that's really going on is white women without a college degree. So white women without a college degree voted for Donald Trump in 2020, Virginia, 56%, and Biden, 44%. This is 2020. White woman without a college degree voted for Glenn Youngkin, 75% this race, 21, 2021, 75% with 25% voting for uh, for the Democrat McAuliffe. That's white woman without a college degree. That is incredible because the reality is, is that the way that they were able to to get some because they've been trying to get suburban white women back the republicans they lost them because of donald trump and his misogyny so they've been trying to get white women back suburban college educated non-educated just they've been trying to get white women back into their into their tent republicans have so if they can get white women back by just saying critical race theory and you as a white woman you care about your kids and what your kids learn you don't want your kids to learn about this and it galvanizes white women to go and vote they're going to keep on saying the same thing. So I expect this to be a 2020, like 2022 midterm topic. I expect critical race theory to be on the on the minds and on the ballot box come next November 2022 because it's already shown evidence that it, it works. 
because you were able to get suburban, non-educated white woman into your camp just by saying uh, saying that. And so it'll be 2022 will be interesting because the suburbs isn't only white woman. There's also black woman as well. So like black woman also going to be in the in the ability and the ability to like like counteract that. Because with the way that I see 2022, the way that I'm seeing how it's going to go, if this critical race theory conversation really sticks and stuff like that, is that the 2022 is going to be a, a, a really a layer down deep bef- uh, past all the noise. It's going to be an election between black woman and white woman, like layered down deep into it, because the, there are going to be black who live in the suburbs who want their children to learn about America's racist past. They're going to vote in droves because that's what they want America to teach every child about racism. Like black women are also mothers too. So it's just interesting to me that it's white mothers that are the ones really pushing the needle as if they're the only mothers in this country. There are black mothers, Hispanic mothers, Native American mothers, you know, who would definitely love the classes and the daughters and children and sons to learn about America's racist past. So this is interesting to me because it's like 2022 is going to be mad interesting because for, I don't know how the Democrats can counter it because critical race theory, it just, it taps into like a weird misogynistic slash racist trope in white women. It just, it strikes into that. And like, it's hard to counter it too, because again, it hasn't really been defined. Like the definition of it is like, master's level right but like it's been so simplified to mean your child is going to be learning about nat turner when your child has literally honestly been learning about nat turner not in the most correct and like the way that i would want my child to learn about nat turner not the way that i learned about him that's for sure but like i don't know it's just just weird man it's like it's just stuff like that is what i'd be peeping man to stuff like that. My bad. I got into a whole monologue. <laughs> what you saying? My bad for this. Look, you you didn't talk this stuff. If I if I if I wouldn't look crazy, I would have pulled out the pad and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Some stuff now because, but that's you know real statistic, bro. Statistics that numbers don't lie, man. Don't, Men bro. lie, women lie. Numbers don't, bro. So it's just like the just to hear all of that, you know, and just to know what we're living in the time that we're living. And I actually saw kind of like a meme about critical race theory, like saying how basically now, like before, it was this thing of bring it out you know like let them let's figure it out and now it's just like oh now that it's come up in conversation oh everybody wants to kind of whitewash it or you know mm-hmm. code it or just you know do their own thing with it but so no bro the fact that somebody is so informative about it the fact that somebody is so tapped in with it is it's great for me the fact that you can pull those numbers up like that the fact that you can know that but the fact that you can not only just say that but for me i was more so just analyzing just thinking just like wow like that's crazy like you don't think about things like that but when you do when you really start to you know connect the dots and put the pieces of the puzzle together it's like that makes sense though but can you see why can you look, look at the time that we're living in? look at what's going on look at you know, yeah man just the the miseducation the misinformation like we said the fake news just everything that you know is constantly spreading and constantly going back and forth it's hard to you know decipher what's what and what's real but i feel i like the path that you've taken because it's just like look you recognize that there's so much information out there so much there work, is right so much there's a lot of home. stuff going on. So much of what could be, you know, lost in far and in between. But you do your own research. You figure things out. You come to your own conclusions. You make your own things. So 
I love that, bro. And I, for you, you, you saying that you feel like you ramble, you feel like you went off. For me, bro, I hear the passion. I hear the pulling <laughs> off the bread, you pulling up, you know, you screenshot, you did bro. I, I love that. It's just because it's just like, yo, you found your niche. You found, you know, you love. You were always one to know education, to love knowledge, to appreciate the right. ability to, you know. You can admit that you don't know it all. You can admit that there's still more to learn. You can admit that times are changing. People are going to be people. But the fact that you can then take all the education, take everything that you've learned, analyze, research, and make your own conclusions, be right about right. Things, predict things and everything like that. It's cool to me, bro. So all in all, like what so what do you what would you say with the Seesaw podcast, with everything that you've been doing so far, with everything that you're gonna continue to do, what do you love most about it? What do you love most about this? What do you love most about your craft? What do you really enjoy about it? Um, you know, it's funny. They the monologues um are actually quite episodic. I don't really do them often for episodes. What I actually enjoy the most is interviewing other people, man. Like talking to other people about random stuff. Like like just just whatever. That's what I really lo- enjoy because it's like it's like the the goal of my podcast is like to interview cool people. So like it's almost as if like I've already like instilled in my life already the idea of like meeting people. Because the only way I can get more podcast guests is by meeting I can't be an introvert and have this podcast. I can't. It's impossible. Like I'm not gonna have any episodes. <laughs> like I got to be somewhat extroverted. Although I could be an introvert like deep down, but I gotta be somewhat extroverted to to be able to sustain this podcast. So I that's one thing I really do enjoy is that like I just get to meet I just love meeting people, man, because people just come like just I don't know, man. I I be it's my physiological. What I don't know, f- physiological. I don't know what the word is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, English is my second language, so sometimes things happen, man. So, but so yeah, man. So like, it's it's crazy because like you be thinking about like, bro, we just all come from like different backgrounds, man. It's mad. It's just so like that. That right there just blows my mind because like I can live my life like with this certain perspective and like everything I've experienced is like. It's shaped me to who I am. And then I meet this other individual who has comp- experienced everything that's completely different from me. And it's shaped them into who they are. Like, we might end up having the same ideas and same beliefs and stuff like that. But, like, we don't have the same experiences whatsoever. That's so that's, that's so, so crazy. To me. Like, even twins don't have the same experiences. Because they got to separate somehow, you know? So it's like, it's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just so crazy to me. So, like, that's the dopest part about it is just meeting new people, man, and just, like, chatting it up with dope people and seeing, like, and, see what else, and seeing what they, they themselves can teach me. Because, like, the interview that I had with the geologist, Emma, like, I learned so much about rocks, bro. Like, I didn't know rocks were actually kind of, like, they're kind of cool. Like, I mean, could I, with respect to her, she's a geologist. She's smart as rocks. You know, she's, you know? So, like, she's smart, bro. But, like, I personally couldn't, like, couldn't sit here and, like, think to myself, like, oh, I'm going to, like, be passionate about rocks. But, like, it's mad dope that there's, there is somebody out there that is. And it's mad dope that this person is a black woman. Like, that makes it even more dope, you know? Like, so it was like, and then so like, and then through it, I learned more about rocks and like, there's actually a lot of stuff, cool stuff that's going on with rocks and minerals. Like minerals is just a whole nother conversation. So it was like stuff like that, bro, I never would have like learned about. And then when I interviewed KP and like his, his whole past self, like I was just learning more about God. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian and like the way that this non-denominational, denominational, I'm Christian, um, but like. But I don't know, like, I'm I'm still on my own path through faith and stuff like that. 
you know so like so so i have my moments and i have my times but i'm definitely a christian and like that so it was dope hearing from like uh uh from the basically a pastor like and just hearing him give testimony because it was basically like going to church for me at that moment in time when i was listening to this podcast i mean to when i was when we had the conversation it was like going to church and i was able to ask him questions that me myself questions that i have even with someone with a man of faith I still have questions, you know, I was able to ask him and I'm sure like some of my listeners probably have the same similar questions, you know, so, so it's like, it's just like that, man, it's just having different experiences with like different people, man, it's just, it's just mad dope, so, and if you haven't figured out, dope is my favorite word. I feel like, I don't know if it's just something that's respective to the podcast pages, I highly doubt, but something that I, I really just second. And I, I agree with a lot of your sentiments, bro. I agree that, you know, there it's just a beautiful thing to be able to have somebody come on and talk about their passion. The fact that you right. came on here about political with me today, but you didn't get political with me in a sense where you're, you know, you're trying to just throw your views out on people and things like that. You got political with me from a factual standpoint, from just, yo, here is what it is. Here are the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Like, you know, right. but it's been interesting with this whole podcast with me and just the space that I'm in, because it's just, it's beautiful to hear that. Everybody has a different craft and everybody just loves what they do, but everybody is so knowledgeable. And I've talked to people in the bodybuilding frame of things. I've talked to people in the makeup frame of things and the clothing brand frame of things and the right. nonprofit charter school frame. It's just like I've learned so much and it's, it's amazing. And it's just like I don't want to stop. I want to keep, you know, keep bringing on different individuals. Keep, yeah, for me, life is all about perspective. That's one of my favorite, like, where I love perspective. I love the fact that, you know, right. people can, people can, we can be in the same realm or the same earth or the same world or live the, live in the same time but experience things totally different and i i just right. love that and the, the the sooner that i realized that the sooner that i not only realized but accepted it the sooner life just i feel like a different outlook just came for me the right the, 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 the moment i realized you know opinion is okay it's okay to disagree it's okay for people to not agree with you it's okay for people to not even like what you do in a sense it just right. made it that much more better that much more beautiful so i love that so thinking about you Thinking about the space that you're in, thinking about the Seesaw podcast, something I'm very interested in. And I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure how much people know or will know, but for a while, you know, you weren't podcasting. You weren't doing what you were doing. You, you took a little break or whatever like that. So, like I said, the biggest thing for me, it kind of reminded me of the last dance and Michael Jordan when he pretty much sent that letter and was just like, yo, I'm back. Like, it's, it's time. Like, let's get this rock. So what was that really like? One, not only just just having to step aside from the and I'm not even you don't even really have to get into why maybe you step aside or what that was. But yeah. what was it really like, you know, giving up something, not giving up, but taking a break from something that you were really passionate about, something that you really you know, right. were gung-ho about and were very all forward about, and then coming back yeah. to it. Was it just like a, yeah. was it just like, did you feel like you were born again? Did you feel like, you know, it was time to really make it happen? What really made you relock back in with the Seesaw Podcast? Oh, man. I mean, literally, I was just only gone because of school, man. Like, like it was just that 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 master's degree, boy. Hey, man. Hey, hey, as somebody with a master's degree, I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, feel man. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, so like that master's degree was making it close to impossible to like really like really just do the thing I really wanted to do, like the way I want to do it, you know. So like so, and on the top of that, man, um, a friend of mine, uh, shout out to Toast World, Toasty. A friend of mine told me that your your hobby should never be a job, you know. And so, like, I took that. I took that to heart, and I was like, why am I pressed to send out episodes? Like, this is a hobby. Like, when I feel like it, I'm going to do it. 
that's that's yeah that's that's just kind of like that's the kind of mentality where i got now was from it was of course like i would of course would have more time if i wasn't in school but i wasn't like disappointed in myself for not doing that you know what i'm saying but yeah i would look for um for and then when i said i was back i really thought i was back i really did and i did one episode right after i did i said i was back i think i did two episodes after i said i was back but then school came back <laughs> So I've been on another hiatus. I haven't dropped an episode. I haven't dropped an episode in a minute. The last episode I dropped was with my brother because we're talking about the pandemic again. But like, I haven't dropped an episode. I don't plan to drop an episode until I graduate, honestly, um, in May 2022. So, so once I graduate in May 2022, boy, trust me, I got some episodes lined up, man. Some cool people. I'm gonna talk. Got some. Got this. Basically, he's honestly already a millionaire, in my opinion, knowing the man. And we'll have this guy come on and talk about Bitcoin. I got this man. Uh, he's he's locked in with the politics of Detroit. Very, very much locked in. I ain't going to say his name yet because I don't want to ruin it. But he's going to come on my podcast. Like, I got I got a bunch of people that I've met, like, for that whole duration I've been. I haven't been able to drop an episode. I've just been meeting people, man. I've met people in the U.K. Um, I, I'm, there's some people I'm thinking about, like, hopping onto my podcast to talk about football because I think there will be some people who who are my podcast episodes audience would enjoy learning a little bit about football also learning about somebody from the UK you know so like I'm I'm starting to I suppose branch um branch out internationally a little bit with like the people I know and that's honestly the clubhouse that app was was pretty smooth in regards to like learning some international people but I just kind of stayed with soccer with my international people and then like now when I go to um England they're already granting me a place to stay and like they're already telling me where we're gonna hang out with and stuff like that it's like this is mad dope and like going to Paris soon and all that stuff so so yeah man so so yeah um that's kind of like explains my my whole hiatus from the from the podcast is really it's really nothing like a uh a caterpillar in a cocoon type of thing it's really like a bear in hibernation. I'm sleep. <laughs> I'm just, I don't. I don't got time, boy. <laughs> hey, look. Like I said, I ain't grad school. A different monster. I, I had yeah, experienced that myself, and my program was only 13 months. Accelerated track, but it was just, yeah, it was crazy. So I, I already know. But the fact that you know something that you really spoke about, something that was really that hit home for me was. It's a hobby, so you want it to be something that's fun, something that's enjoyable. You right. don't feel like you know you're you're laboring over this. You don't want to feel like you know yeah. people are you're doing this not even for yourself anymore. You're doing this because people are expecting you to do things. No, I I tweeted this on my one year anniversary, and I mean this wholeheartedly. The moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done with it. The moment I don't get on here and crack a smile, the moment I I'm editing and I'm just like, yo, like this is terrible. The moment you know, I'm just like, I'm I'm miserable. My life. Oh, I'm I'm done. Down the business is over. I, I, I just see <laughs> that happening because, like I said, I get to, I get to talk to people yeah, like this from different mindsets, different perspectives. It's beautiful, bro. So, you feel like you know, there's anything? Do you feel like there's anything out there that any misconceptions that you want to debunk? Whether it just be about podcasting, whether it be about the nature of your podcast and what you've done, whether it be about you know just moving forward, what you're thinking. Is there anything that you know you feel like people may not know that you kind of want to clarify or clear up? or make clear or is there anything even i would say is there even a message that you have for people out there whether they be fellow podcasters looking to get into the podcast space or just people you know who enjoy listening to podcasts who enjoy kind of tapping into different sessions who enjoy kind of the subject matter that you, you dive into a lot of time man it's not even about podcasts this is about life in general man like if you man if you come across something that you like you think you could do well in, i would say go for it man like that's just me. I'm like, just go for it. Like, 
like being human is just full of experiences like experiences you failing experiences that you succeed in and and something that you think you might not be good at you end up actually being really really good at you know so it's like like it's just really like like for real like just go for whatever you you like you really want to like you that you're really about man for real for real and like and another thing is like you know one thing that i'm starting to learn is to like like appreciate yourself man you know like you know we do a lot um in this world we've been doing a lot for a minute it feels like ever since the pandemic we haven't gotten a single break like it's like we all just want like maybe a whole month or three month or three of just like nothing just nothing and i know for sure boy i need something like that boy god man three months of just nothing boy i would that would be said, I would come back a new man. At least like a I would come back out <laughs> a new man and a new human being. Like I might, I might mess around and like and find the cure for cancer for real, for real, boy. Like what? Okay, but yeah, yeah, man. Like just, just the point is, man. Like the point is, is that if you, if you feel like you like there's something that you like been itching to do, or like just like whatever goal you got for yourself man like go for it man like for real for real because like i know everyone says it everyone literally says it like you are your own enemy but that's literally true like it's 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 literally true because like no one but you dictates what you can do like literally this is you all right and i know there's a bunch of like external factors that can like that go into like whether or not someone like can really meet their goals i know that and i know like it sometimes comes from a privileged land of saying, hey, you got to go, go for it. You know, like it comes from, it can, that I understand that point. But I'm just talking about like in general, because not all goals are like monetary. Like a goal can be as simple as like being able to communicate with your loved ones better. Like if, you, if that's a goal of yours, go for it. Like go take all the steps, necessary steps that you need to take to be able to build up your communication skills so you can talk to your loved ones better. If your goal is meditating, which is one of my goals, actually, take the steps necessary to meditate, you know, like just like, you know, one of the things is that we have all these goals and we're just like saying my goal is to do this. My goal is to do that. We have big goals, small goals, like personal development goals and stuff like that. And like we just say them, but like we never take the steps to like get there, like take those steps and you'd be surprised. Like you'd be like, wow, actually, whoa, I didn't know I was going to meet this goal. Next thing you know, you're meeting a bigger, better goal. So that's just me. Man, that's just you, but that's a fact, bro. I think that, and I think even in a sense, you just gave people a call to action. You gave people, you know, we think about things a lot. We we have things that we want to work on. Like you said, we have things that we could be doing better on. We have things that right. we're ignoring in a sense. So, but you know, stop ignoring things. Stop putting things off. Stop the procrastination and really just do it. It's not to say that it's going to get done overnight. It's not to say that, you know, you're going to do it when you want to, how you want to exactly on your terms. Sometimes it's on God's terms. Sometimes it's on other terms sometimes it's it's not going to happen exactly when you need it to but sometimes it's just going to happen so no i love every bit of that bro whatever you know you feel like you could be doing better nobody is perfect there's always room for improvement especially with the time that we're in we have so much time you know sometimes to work on ourselves but then other ways you might feel like you know that time is limited that the days are just moving by that the weeks are flying that time is just escaping you so sometimes you just have to take a step back and say whoa right What's really going on here? What do I need to do? What could I be doing? What am I not doing? What should I be working on? What are other people? You know, sometimes it takes that self-reflection. I think that that's yeah. so important. I was talking to a friend of mine about that, about how sometimes we can be scared of self-reflection. We can be scared to admit our own downfalls and fallacies right. and just what we lack. And just because, you know, 
nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to talk about what they're bad at. Nobody wants to talk about, you know, what other people call them out for. But in a sense, where, right. how do you grow? How do you get better? If, if, if you don't want to talk about that, if you don't want to admit to that, accept that or anything along those lines. Well, so what are you saying? Are you perfect? Like I like something that I say to people, you know, when they apologize to me or, 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 or when they just feel a certain type of way about certain things or maybe even apologizing for how they feel or how they've been acting. I'm just like, OK. Just because I disagree with you, just because I may not like it, just because it may not have been what I would have done in the situation, it does not invalidate how you did it. I can disagree all day long. You still did what you did. You still have felt how you felt. You're still a human being. So for me, sometimes it's all about, like you said, even about celebrating yourself, recognizing you. I think that that's so important. I think that we go day in and day out. We do some good things. We don't realize, right. sometimes we don't take the time to even think that we woke up this morning that we're breathing, that we can move our limbs, that we have limbs to move, that we have clothes on our back, that we are able to record, we have the technology to do so, that, you know, we're in just such a prime position, whereas it's some other people out here literally fighting for survival day after day after day after day after day. So you never, I I talked about this on previous episodes about how sometimes we can be one wrong decision away from homelessness, one mischeck away from, you know, not knowing what's going on, one wrong decision away from prison or one wrong decision. Yeah. From, you know, you hate to think about things like that, but that's the true reality of life. Sometimes yeah, that's we reality, get so man. caught up in the moment. We get so caught up in how things are just good for us about how, you know, we're just we're just living this good life. We're in America. You know, we we have people that can do certain things. We can wake up every day and get in our cars and drive to work and, and, and work a job and work a nine to five and ten hours and get paid. We it's it's all of this just little stuff that when you look at it from the outside looking in, it's just like, damn, like I'm really blessed. I'm really, really blessed. So I, I love that you really hit on the point like that. So before we close things out, before we know, we we tell people where they can find you, where they can tap in with the podcast, whether you're coming back next year, this year, it, does, it doesn't matter. People going to get right with you. But Man. It, do you feel like there's anything we haven't talked about today? Anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to just leave the people with? Anything that you know they can look forward to? Even a message? I know you kind of gave us a message already. Yeah. Oh, man, I might get a little political real quick. Okay, so... Man, how do I put this? Like, like 2022. All right, so let me put it this way, man. So I know for a lot of folks who know me, and I know a lot of folks that I know as well, are not hoping and they praying to God they never see that orange man again in, in the White House. I know that they, I know they are. And the likelihood of him being there, and I, this is just my own educated guess, the likelihood of him being there is, is very small. But I will say one thing, though, is that um, Joe Biden, if he's not careful, like if he's not careful and the Democrats are not careful, they may make themselves vulnerable and make the whole country vulnerable to him coming back because this country is racist. Like, like it's, it's funny because, like, we think that because Donald Trump is no longer in office that, like, the racism in this country just turned off. Like. People still elected this man. <laughs> like, like he was elected in 2016. You think in 2021, which is a four-year, five-year difference, the racism just goes away in America? The, the, the xenophobia just goes away in America? Like, like come on, let's just be serious here. So, like, so for me, it's just, it's just more of an element of, like, if we feel too comfortable because we don't have to worry about Donald Trump anymore, it might lead him right back to him. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's kind of like my my bigger message from a political sense is that is that there are things. Well, it's also why I'm this whole like I just hope and pray that Joe Biden and the Democrats get their act together. There's a lot of stuff going on that is 
Joe Biden's fault. That is a lot of stuff that's going on. That's progressive's fault. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. This is that blame can be felt all around. And but like the biggest thing is that like there is this 1.5 trillion dollar social spending bill. That's in, that's also part of these um, infrastructure bill, right? Let's forget about the infrastructure bill. So the 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 1.5 trillion dollars it used to be 3.5 trillion dollars. It used to be actually 10 10 trillion dollars, right? So the, the interesting thing that I actually learned in my one of my policy classes that I that I was like, wow, why don't they tell this to every other person that why does why does the media not talk about this, right? Is that when we think about okay, one point five trillion dollars, we're like, okay, that must be how it's that must be how much it cost. The reality is, is that that is so far from it, like so so far from it, because because each that whole bill is gonna be the money being spent is going to be spent through agencies, through public agencies and everything like that, right? So each agency really knows, like, for example, right, the uh, the child tax credit, right? Whoever, whatever agency, the IRS, whoever all other agencies are in charge of that, right? Whatever agencies there are, they know how much this thing is actually going to cost, right, in, like, 10 years they know how much it's gonna cost in a 10-year period and you who is also like the the aide for a senator or a representative or whatever you know how much this program is gonna cost in 10 years what you're really trying to do is how do you tell the person that you work which is might be a senator representative this is how you politically say what is actually what is what this is in a way that your constituents can digest it because you can't tell them what the full price is but if you can die, if you can like you know you know do your whole political savvy thing and tell them that it's one point five trillion dollars, so they don't think that like oh my god it's a lot of money. Although it really shouldn't be a lot of money, it's, it's social spending. But like that like this that one point five trillion dollars is 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 a facade. I'm gonna just let you guys know right off right off the bat because on top of that, like a lot of the programs are quote unquote temporary, right? Like the hearing aid. And like some other programs with the child tax credit, I believe is temporary for like a, after you reach a, um, after an income bracket, right? Those are all temporary, quote unquote. But the reality is that like those types of programs that actually help people, like people are going to have like $300 extra up to $300. It might be more because of how many children they have and the age of the kids. But like people are going to have up to at least at the very least $300 in their accounts every month. Right. And like we have also like some some stuff that's dealing with child care as well. Like these are very, very like social programs. And like with social programs, if you make them like temporary, like you give them a, a time limit, it gives a facade that like it's cheaper. Right. But in the long run, it's not because the reality is, is that like those type of programs are not going to go away. So, like the same way with social security. Like I'm sure it had its own people who were like, why are you doing this? Next thing you know, now you can't even take it away. Can't even take it away. Same with Medicare, Medicaid. Like there was the same thing. Like they all got earthed the same way where it was cool to some people, wasn't cool to a lot of people. It got implemented. People were complaining. Ended up being the best thing people loved. Like same with um Obamacare, right? It it got implemented. People were hating on it. What is this? What is this? My state rights, state rights this. A black man is doing this. Like they were just like all just all over the place with this, you know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know. People don't want to get in the way because of what was it again on um, pre-existing conditions that people love the pre-existing conditions in Obamacare, like, like is this is I don't know people is just people in general man but like they're just social programs tend to stick 
if they actually help people. And so that's what I, hopefully the Democrats are understanding and hopefully they pass this um this bill because if they can like shift the narrative away from that critical race theory stuff, right? Away from all the all that racist dark wars and stuff that the, that the Republicans are trying to go with in the culture wars, right? If they can switch the conversation into like policies that are actually helping people, and then on top of that, they have Donald Donald Trump. Donald Trump. He's a very very interesting figure because young Glenn Youngkin won. If I think realistically speaking, I think. Trump would have been in a better position had the Democrat beat one Virginia. But because Glenn Youngkin won without, basically without him, like he, he was like, I'm Trump is my advocate, but he didn't really, 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 really like, like let it be known that he was a Trump. Like that was like, he got an endorsement for Trump. He didn't let it know. He just let it slide underneath, underneath. So all the, the red meat of his, of his base could know about it. Like people who were, may not have been so privy into like the Trump world and all the other stuff, they would not have known. You know what I'm saying? Like he, that he got endorsement from Donald Trump and what of like, and stuff like that. So he kind of like kept his, his, um, a lot of feet away from Donald Trump. So like, and he won, he won counties, rural counties more than Donald Trump won those same counties when he ran for president. So it's interesting because usually when a Republican wins, Donald Trump, you already hear Donald Trump taking all the credit. And I'm sure he took some of the credit, but it was interesting, a quote that I remember reading Donald Trump. I don't remember it word for word, bar for bar, but essentially he was saying that like, he was basically, you know, congratulating um, Glenn Youngkin for winning. And he was saying Glenn Youngkin won because of him. And then he was saying something about although a lot of people think that he won not because of me, he won because of me. Knowing Donald Trump and just been the way he's been is, is that he knows good and well that there was a lot of people who don't believe that Glenn Youngkin won because of him. So he had a, he had his egotistical stuff had to let it be known. No, he won because of me. And y'all saying that he won, he won not because of, he won without me. Y'all are wrong. It wasn't for me that MAGA, MAGA is the reason why he won. You know what I'm saying? So there's some truth to it, but there isn't some truth in that because MAGA is not the reason why he won the suburbs. MAGA may be the reason why he won rural Virginia that was bordering West Virginia and stuff like that, but it was not the reason why he won the suburbs, you know? So, because if suburbs didn't vote for you, <laughs> so so it's like, it's just like, okay, there's something definitely else going on that, so it's it's going to be interesting the conversations that Republicans like Mitch McConnell and Mitch Romney and all these other Republicans, the more establishment Republicans are going to have about what they do with Trump because I promise you, if the Democrats stick to what they're doing well with regards to like this build, build back better bill, right? And they actually implement it and they pass it through and they do other stuff such as voting rights and um, and student loans and all these other stuff, right? After it, and they can shift the narrative to like talking about those policy issues. And then you have Republicans having to debate with them amongst themselves about, oh, whether or not Donald Trump, like what, like and just a, a, uh, a, a fight amongst Republicans about what is Donald Trump's role in the Republican Party because he's he's not going to be effective in every every state. You know, a state like Pennsylvania, he might not be effective. He might bring out more people than might, might do more harm than good. But he's egotistical, and it's, 20, it's a twenty twenty two election. He's going to want all the attention on himself. So it's going to be an interesting twenty twenty two election, man. Because like it's really if the Democrats really just stop being, I don't know what what the heck they're being right now. If they just stop doing that and actually put some stuff down and, like, pass stuff and do stuff, 2022 can actually look a lot better than 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 they think. But if they just act too too confident and too comfortable, it might not look good. And 
if the if it might not look good, and then twenty twenty four might not look even good at all. You said it could get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But no, bro, you you definitely bring up a lot of good points. Even a, a few people on my IG live were definitely resonating with things you were saying, just about you know reality, what to really look forward to, what what the time that we're living in, man. It's just it's just yeah, crazy. Man. Sometimes it's crazy. Got to take a step back and just realize things I, I, yeah we're living in a, no 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 cap we're living in a time where like our kids kids our grandkids are gonna be asking us about this you know like that's the type of time we're living in like for real for real it's, 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 it's crazy say, yeah we're gonna be in like history books and things like that. nah nah I firmly believe it bro i i if we already not i haven't really seen the curriculum these days about the middle schoolers and high schoolers but i i firmly believe it like that this is really you know stuff that we're going to talk about stuff that we're going to learn about so I appreciate you, you know, just for giving us a, I feel like you gave me at least an inside scoop, an inside look. Just you made me even want to learn more, just be more cognizant of what's going on around me and not just be so ignorant to the politics and what's going on and who is running for what and what really their campaign is and who is who came before them. But also not forgetting what we were once experiencing, what what it was at ECU when Trump was president, being in the, the, the deep south, as some may call it, at a PWI in the middle of east of the easternmost North Carolina, in the middle of nowhere sometimes it felt like, so where nobody was really on your side. So I thank you for that, bro. I thank you for the diligent work that you're doing day in and day out, dog. I, I'm, I'm excited, you know, not only for what you've done already, but I'm excited for the the 2022 i'm excited to see you know really what you're going to get into who you're going to bring on the conversations that you're going to have because yeah, it's only a month away you really think about it so i'm excited bro but definitely wishing you you know nothing but the best of luck i i appreciate you know, the fact that you wanted to come on here be a part of the vision be a be my real first podcast to really come on here and get people to real but at the same time you know you're still getting your education you're still doing things on your end you're still making it happen so i love that for you so before we officially close out before we wrap things up for anybody, you know, just interested in learning more about what you have going on, for anybody interested in even tapping into the previous episodes and really just finding out the mantra of everything and how you got started, can you just give us, you know, your social media, the best ways to get in contact with you, the best ways to follow along the journey with you? Yeah. Okay. So obviously the best way is to subscribe to my podcast. Um, the Seesaw Podcast is on Apple Music, not Apple Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Google Play, um, and Podbean. Um, so that's the best way to subscribe to my uh, my podcast, the Seesaw Podcast. Um, and then also, of course, to have um, the social medias of it is um, I have the Instagram, um, the Seesaw Podcast, and also the Twitter, the Seesaw Podcast. It's the same thing. Nothing really uh, spectacular, special about that. But um, if you want to follow my my personal Instagram, it is uh, the greatest underscore African. Um, <laughs> so that's my that's my personal Instagram. Um, I'm, 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 I'm more active on there than I am on my, um, my podcast, um, social media. Um, but, but yeah, so, so yeah, man, that's why you can like get in touch with me and stuff like that. It's, um, it's to those, those three online platforms. So my, my podcast, Twitter, podcast, Instagram, and my personal Instagram. That, all right. Well, y'all heard it from the IG live. I'm obviously putting the flyer when the, when the when the episode is published. You think he's slick too? He tried to join my IG live, but I seen him. I peeped it. Serious note, I definitely do appreciate. It, bro. I was definitely excited to to reach out to you. I was definitely even more excited when you were willing, when you were very ready to be a part of it, and you were just like, "Yo, just shoot me." You know, what's the logistics? What's the availability? Let's figure it out. Yeah. But, you know, whenever people can help further my vision. I'm always grateful for it, bro. So continue to do Yeah, I literally had my wisdom tooth removed yesterday, man. No, he told me. He said, look, I'm going to hit you up. 
He said, if I can talk, he said, we'll talk. He said, if I can't, then we'll just figure something out. Literally text me today, this morning, he said, he said, I'm ready, bro. <laughs> that thing was nothing, Before man. Out of way. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I said, my man is ready. I said, look, he just had to serve you, made everything happen. So, no, yeah, man. so definitely wishing, you know, a speedy, healthy recovery, but definitely wishing, you know, just luck with grad school, with everything that you have going on with further yeah. in your vision and just everything. And I'm excited, bro. I'm excited to see, you know, who you continue to bring on, the, the guests that you continue to, you know, the brains, the minds that you continue to just pick and give us more knowledge and everything. So right. I love that. But I appreciate, you know, first and foremost for coming on here to really make no it doubt. happen, for giving my IG live some substance. Like I said, a lot of them were definitely resonating with you. We're definitely feeling what you were saying. And we're definitely even, I could tell they were very inquisitive about it. Definitely just some things we didn't know, some things we need to research. So to all my supporters, as I always say, man, I appreciate it. I love y'all wholeheartedly to everybody who's going to be tapping into the IG Live, to Dio. It's nothing but love, man. But once again, this has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast. Here with Tamar Turner.